Continuing the tough conversation of social injustice and the treatment of women in America, specifically from the context of our gym, our town, and all the things going on in CrossFit, I'm joined today by Andrew Frezza. Andrew is the co-owner of Fit Town Jupiter, formerly known as CrossFit Palm Beach. He brings insight not only from a gym that had already rebranded before de-affiliating, but also has more members than CrossFit Mayhem, if that gives you some context. So sit down, enjoy, digest, make it all the way to the end, and take in some of the perspective that is bound to shed some light on all the things that are going on. Today, joining me, I have Andrew Frezza, the co-owner of now Fit Town Jupiter. Um, I practiced all weekend not calling it CrossFit Palm Beach. And also, in addition to that, many of you may have listened to the podcast, uh, The Seven Figure Box. Is that correct, Andrew? Yes. I know that if you haven't listened to it, a lot of you have experienced some of the nuggets that have come out of it because I've applied them here in our gym. So if you liked them, they were my idea. And if you didn't like them, they came from Andrew. So <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Um, to lay the groundwork today, uh, Andrew, I'll tell you that the audience here is our uh, basically our membership base and maybe a little bit of a social following in a small town, Boone, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, our gym has been open for coming up on five years now. And we began not as an affiliate, a CrossFit affiliate, and then within the first year applied and, and affiliated. And 17 days ago, I did make the public statement that I would be de-affiliating um, based on some of the things that have gone on. And uh, so that's, that's kind of the landscape of where we are today. And I can't believe it's only been 17 days. It seems like it's been years, you know, <laughs> this is. Yeah, time, times are been slow right now. It, it <laughs> is. That's going on. I never imagined that I'd be coming out of uh, leading this business through something like a pandemic like COVID. But I definitely ex- didn't expect to be coming maybe out of COVID and then hit this firestorm that is Greg Glassman mm-hmm. and CrossFit. So, yeah. But so anyway, here, here we are. Um, one of one of our coaches here, Michelle, has been to the games twice as a master's athlete. And I think she's done one, if not both of the past qualifiers at your facility. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jupiter is a hometown um location for her and and uh, she she would go in there and she would video and you know she made it both times so we're familiar with you guys through that which is really cool and for our listeners andrew made the decision to rebrand from crossfit palm beach to fit town before any of this stuff popped off so i wanted to make sure i got that out beforehand because i, I think that really lends to the credibility of some of the insight that he can share today um yeah so, Andrew, thank you for taking time to do this with us and uh, all that you do through your platforms already. Thanks, Derek. I appreciate the, uh, the kind words and I'm excited to, to offer what I can today and, and uh, answer any questions that you guys have, your community might have. All right. Well, then let's jump into it. My first question is, I've uh, already heard you explain it, and I think it was one of the best explanations I've heard so far. I'm hoping that our listeners can get a better understanding of the difference between what it means to rebrand as a business and to de-affiliate from CrossFit Inc. 
Yeah, definitely. I think our, I think our gyms are a really good example because we have, we're lucky enough to have two buildings that are separated by just a small driveway. And for us, we started in just one of those two buildings. My dad had purchased them uh, eight years ago and we expected to just do CrossFit and um, just be in that one building doing CrossFit. And then over the years, we expanded to using both of those two buildings and we created a program called BeachFit which uh, most people would consider that like a boot camp type of class, um, similar to CrossFit, but no barbells and some other differences as well. But um, yeah, over the years, we grew two really successful programs, a CrossFit program and a BeachFit program. And it became really hard as BeachFit got its own identity to, for them to feel like they were a part of something bigger. Um, they always felt sort of less than our CrossFit community because the name of our gym was CrossFit Palm Beach and BeachFit was just one thing that we offered. And um, we, we found over the years as our BeachFit program grew and we, we really started to enjoy that program and it, it started to become at times even more popular than CrossFit that we needed a brand that would really unite the two programs. Mm -hmm. And for us, um, I mean, that was years of thinking about it, but really over the last six months, we, we decided, okay, we're going to go full force into creating that brand. Um, and that became Fit Town Jupiter. We decided uh, probably about now, six weeks ago, that we wanted to rebrand to Fit Town Jupiter. We no longer wanted to present the CrossFit name as our main brand, but we still wanted to host CrossFit classes. And I think that that dynamic of our gym is an easy way to see it because our main brand is now Fit Town Jupiter, and we now offer CrossFit classes in one building. We offer Beach Fit classes in another building, and then we also have personal training, and we have nutrition, and we have personalized programming, and we work with kids. We do so many things that we do. So over the years, CrossFit has also become one of many things that we do, not just the thing that we do. So for us, we, we planned to keep the CrossFit name for a while. We planned to be an affiliate because it was like, it was more about the fact that um, we had a lot of gratitude towards CrossFit and the things that they've done for us. Um, and, and not just us as a business, but us personally. I mean, CrossFit changed our lives. It, it transformed my health, the health of many people in my family, many of my close friends. Um, it gave me purpose beyond uh, really what I needed at a critical time in my life is early twenties being identified as a baseball player for most of my life. I didn't know where to go from there. And CrossFit gave me that, that next purpose. So to, to drop it at that point um, and to de-affiliate seemed um, unnecessary for us. And um, we wanted to still pay, pay homage to, that CrossFit name, that CrossFit brand. Um, but again, it started to become a smaller, smaller piece of the puzzle. And now with whatever, everything that's going on, we quickly started to find out that the things that we held valuable in our brand uh, weren't necessarily aligned with what CrossFit held valuable in their brand. So um, for us, it became clear that we no longer needed or wanted the CrossFit name and we wanted to, to move beyond that um, and really step fully into our new brand of Fit Town Jupiter, which we've really already been stepping into for years leading into this. 
um, but just finally attached a name to it six weeks ago. And I, I listened to your announcement and I have a couple of things in just a few minutes that I want to touch on specifically. Uh, so I don't want to spoil those just yet, but for, for us, um, what you said resonates loudly because so our affiliate name, they wouldn't let me have the same name as our business, mm-hmm. which was already. Um, so like I said, before we were an affiliate, we were already an open facility and then they wouldn't let us have that name. So there's always been this confusion in town about, well, are you Rev5 Fitness <laughs> or are you Seven Seals CrossFit? And yeah, well, like, no, Seven Seals actually isn't a business. It's just an affiliate name. And, you know, it's confusing. Yeah. And then. So following kind of in the smaller footsteps of what you described, we have been through Healthy Steps Nutrition, as I believe you did. Yeah. Um, and then we pivoted into Precision. And we did that because we liked having more freedom in how we delivered the health coaching from mm. Precision, which um, kind of goes back to some of the stuff about the affiliate. Yeah. Um, we have a barbell club. We have what was called Quick Fit, which was, uh, um, I'm assuming, something like your Beach Fit. Yeah. Um, and even though we're in one facility, a lot of what you just described and how you're feeling um, describes who we are here. And so our classes were still called Seven Seals CrossFit when you pull it up in Tribe. But it, I think it had become one of our entities, one of our deliverables, and not who we are along the way. But even that, that's a brand, right? So for me, yeah. Rev Five Fitness and what I've begun to push towards calling it being Rev Fit is our brand. That doesn't mm-hmm. change the being affiliated with a particular company, um, a trademark and a deliverable, right? And that's, yeah. that's so, what both of us are now. Yeah. To elaborate on that point. Um, so most people can understand the picture of of CrossFit headquarters. CrossFit headquarters has three main legs to their brand. They have the training aspect, which is like the CrossFit level one, the level two, the level three, uh, the videos they put out, teach movements and stuff. Then they have the games leg, which is the competitive side. And they've obviously shrunk that games leg over the last uh, couple of years by getting rid of regionals, um, still have the open, they still have the games, but um, they're, they're trying to make that leg, they're purposely trying to make that leg of things smaller. And then the other leg is the affiliates. And that is, you know, we pay them that licensing fee to be able to use our individual CrossFit name. For us, it was CrossFit Palm Beach. For you, it was Seven Seals CrossFit. And really, there wasn't much on the affiliate side that we ever got in return for that besides just using the name. And I never had issues with that. I didn't think it was a lot of money in the grand scheme of it. So I see a lot of gym owners out there that complain that CrossFit doesn't do enough for us. And it was never about that. But, but I think what you're getting at is that we can, we can agree with and support the training leg of things without having to want to or need to be an affiliate, which is a separate leg of it. The same reason I could want to do CrossFit for my general fitness and not necessarily want to be a games athlete, right? They're not, there's some overlap there, but they're not, um, you know, the same, they're different. So um, you mentioned things like precision nutrition and HSN. I mean, our coaches do so much coaches development throughout the year. 
90% of what we do is in-house of just giving them feedback and weekly meetings and stuff like that. But we send them to aerobic capacity and send them to mobility courses. And we do things like procabulary, which is uh, a communication course and has nothing to do with CrossFit. And CrossFit is just one of the training things that we do. It's something that we still, I mean, I don't know where you stand with this, but we both probably think really highly of still in the training side. Um, but again, that's different from the affiliate side and the, the business ownership side of it and whether we want to fully align our brand so much that we need CrossFit in our name. Right. And to, to answer your question, other than a couple of small quirks in the course, I would recommend that anybody coaching a group class go to the L2. It was for sure. It was one of the best courses I've ever been to. The thing that CrossFit does is better than anybody is they teach the techniques and the uh, corrections and cueing of the movements better than anybody. No one, no one that I've ever seen teaches an air squat and a deadlift and a clean better than CrossFit does. And that's the thing that we will probably um, still send our coaches to if we feel like it's, it's valuable in the future. Right. And so that gets to the, my next question. I think at this point, we're starting to talk about the difference between methodology and values. And so mm-hmm. without, without addressing the firestorm part of what all has been happening right now yet, what, why would a business de-affiliate from CrossFit uh, in your opinion? Um, I, I think you nailed it with, with the values thing. It is do, do the values that you're starting to create for yourself. Um, and starting to identify with more, are they yours and, and very specific to you or are they someone, someone else's? And I think this kind of speaks to um, the entrepreneurial nature of gym ownership. And I think a lot of us who attached ourselves to CrossFit had a little bit of an entrepreneurial nature to us, but we still needed some guidance. We still needed some direction. We're not the necessarily the Richard Branson's and Elon Musk's and exactly. Mark Zuckerberg's of the world that can just completely create something out of nothing. But at the same time, we are entrepreneurial enough where over time we start to learn the things that we, we really value um, both in ourselves and the people we want to help. And we want to step more and more into those values. For us, it's things like the growth mindset. For us, it's things like having a very welcoming community that feels like a family for us, it's putting the class environment first um, and doing that above um, sort of the needs of any individual that might want to might want to train off to the side. Um, those values, we as we've written them down, we we wrote them down for the first time maybe three and a half four years ago. So we went half of our eight years in business without those values defined. But as we've gotten them more and more defined, to have them up on a wall is not enough. You have to start living them. And when you start living them, what happens is you start to see, it becomes obvious when things don't align with those values. So kind of leading into your next point of like seeing the things that happen with Greg Glassman and some of these other stories that can come out, it doesn't feel like a knee jerk reaction for us to de-affiliate from that not just because we rebranded a month ago, but because for the last four years, we've spent that time defining our values and what we stand for. And when something doesn't align for us, it becomes just such an obvious red flag that it, 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 the decision's easy. Um, you know, it's, it's 
we've done that with hiring and firing decisions at our gym before where it, it becomes so much easier to hire and fire people at our gym because we have those values clearly defined. So um, I imagine you guys have done something similar to that, um, whether that just be discussions in your team over the years. But um, yeah, it really comes down to stepping into our values over time and then being able to recognize when things don't align with that. I couldn't agree more. And I, I don't know if scared is the word, but what has concerned me about all of this is not only understanding the values and recognizing and when I say values, I'm not talking about throwing the baby out with the blanket kind of thing. I'm not talking about CrossFit in general. I'm talking about right now, the leadership that exists, the ownership that exists. Um, mm -hmm. When those values don't align and we understand so clearly what ours are, there becomes a bit of a concern about one, not owning my brand and two, protecting that culture that you described that you've built in your facility and I'm concerned about the ability to do either one of those things so long as I am affiliated with it as it sits right now, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I keep going back to kind of the, the competitive fitness side of this thing and um, being able to separate those two. And I think that we, we saw it a few years ago where the games, the games and what was happening in our gyms became the same or became very close to one another um, where people saw what was happening at the CrossFit games and then felt like, well, they needed to aspire to be like that. Or we wanted them as coaches to aspire to be like that. And I think it's, it's good to, to separate those things. Um, you know, I think from a, a community member, there's probably still members in your community that haven't separated those things in their mind and they, they still come in and they're so focused on the achievements that they want to create in the gym that they forget what they really came for and they forget their true why and what they value. You know, if you're someone who values family and you value career and you value relationships, figure out where the fitness component fits into that. Don't chase things with your fitness that are going to violate those values um, and I think that's just a small way for, for members to apply a similar thought process to their own training and how they approach their workouts the same way that as business owners, we're approaching, um, our values within the business. Absolutely. It, all right. So now shifting into, uh, we don't have to get too deep into it, but uh, I think everybody's aware of what's going on with the first Andy Stump podcast. And then the recent um, article this weekend from the New York Times. And just in a nutshell, it, the CrossFit community has now been categorized as a sexist community based on mm -hmm. the statements made by Greg Glassman. So with what we've already talked about, you know, with protecting your community and your culture and the, all these other things we've already talked about, why wouldn't a business like ours choose to deaffiliate? That's a really good question. Um, and as more and more comes out, um, I think that, that that becomes a more and more valid question that gym owners have to ask. Um, I recorded a podcast that I think you listened to about should you deaffiliate or not. And it was really, it was after hearing the Andy, Andy Stump podcast, but um, it seems like there's more to come. It seems like there's more and more to come. So I was sort of taking this objective viewpoint of, I think that this type of gym owner 
should continue to, to affiliate. And I said that someone who's, who's in their first couple of years, who hasn't really defined their own values really well, who still is kind of attached to this horse of the CrossFit brand may want to consider holding on to that brand. But it, as more and more comes out, um, and, and not, you know, I guess some people think about this more and more comes out and you have to make the change because your community is going to pressure you to make the change. The way I look at it is more and more comes out is just evidence that this isn't just one person's opinion, but this is actual truth. Mm-hmm. And the more and more that we're accepting this as truth, then I think that we have to, we, we do have to strongly consider de-affiliating. Now, again, we've already done it. And you're, you've already made that decision for yourself, but I'm speaking at the, to the community of large of people who are not even considering it that I think should consider it. Um, the way, the way I've looked at this gym over the years and when I first got into it, I had this viewpoint is that this is the business that I would start if I had a hundred million dollars in the bank and essentially I could retire, but I know I have, I know I have to do something with my time. Even if I do retire, (laughs) this is what I would want to do. This is what I would want to spend my time on every single day. And that was my mindset starting the business. And I try to keep that mindset now as we're eight years in and there's all these moving parts to it. And when I think about that, it's like, this is our, this is our small little piece of the world that we have the opportunity to have a positive impact. Like if you really think about it like that, not just from the the fitness side, but if you step out of that little bubble and say, the reason I want to help people from a fitness standpoint is because I want them to live better lives. So what does living a better life look like? It looks like treating people fairly. It looks like treating people with respect, regardless of sex or, or age or race or all that. I mean, I think we've all fought for that in terms of our class setting for years. And are we living that outside of the class setting is really the bigger question. Are we representing that with everything we bring to the table, not just the fact that anybody who wads with us is on an even playing field? So I, I think that to me, to me, I know the answer to that question is that I think as, as this becomes, if, if CrossFit it has leadership in there that is sexist, then I think anybody who has value should, should de-affiliate. Um, I, I think that that becomes more and more truth. Um, but I, I don't think, I think it would be for some people, um, jumping the gun right now. Um, I just think they're, they, they have to, to wait a little bit more because they haven't, they haven't built enough outside of the CrossFit brand that by ditching the CrossFit brand, they might just be, end up uh, shutting their doors completely and then they can help no one. So that, that's really where it comes down to is if, if you feel like getting rid of the CrossFit brand means you're no longer in business, then, you know, you, you have to, prioritize something, some of some stuff in the short term to be able to help people in the long term. So I, I still see it as a short term fix, even for that person. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I've gotten a few personal messages, texts and stuff like that. The you're turning your back on something that you were passionate about two weeks ago, you know, those kind of texts. Um, how can you be part of the change if you're de-affiliating? Um, and, but the more and more that, that stuff comes out and I'm, I'm not defending myself just in general, the more that stuff comes out, the more it starts to appear to the general public that the, the name CrossFit, if you continue to carry it almost seems as if you don't see anything wrong with 
this, yeah. this stuff that's happening. Or I think the more realistic thing, and, and people don't want to admit this, but you touched on it in that podcast episode, is the actual amount of work that it takes to truly rebrand and de-affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think a lot of people have even, like you said, this, this made being an entrepreneur easy because they kind of gave us um, the box and let us run with it what it takes to truly create your own something, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and you touched on that in that, in that last podcast. And I think that's probably the more realistic thing of what's going on. Not that people think that what he's doing isn't wrong. Maybe that is there, but it's that, that this is all they have is CrossFit as their business model. And if that's taken away, will they make it or do they have the ability to create something that's effective and different? You know, yeah. So, with the the deaffiliation process has started, uh, people are jumping ship, um, and new information is coming out. So, we're starting to see the emergence of like the Kalipas, the NC Fits, um, the, that license program, all the way to the other end of the spectrum in the UK. They now have functional fitness unions, so that people can continue to be part of a global community. Mm-hmm. without needing to be part of CrossFit. And it looks like there's kind of three main reasons that people are, are wanting this thing to succeed. There's the community. There's they're worrying about the CEUs or the training, like you talked about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And then some people just feel like they need to be a licensed partner of something, um, maybe just for the ease of being a business owner or whatever. Yeah. So um, with that coming out, I'm just curious if you have any uh, insight into those or any feeling about, those different things that are starting to emerge and how pertinent they are to continuing forward for affiliates. I, I don't think that um, a lot of that is necessary. Um, If we look back to where we were six months ago with this thing, you had a lot of people that, um, had more negative things to say about CrossFit than they did have positive. And that was both gym owners out there. That was uh, new members that's that thought CrossFit would just get them hurt. Right. I'm sure all your, all your members that are listening to this can relate to the person that they've told that they said, Oh, you got to try this with me. And they're like, Oh, I can't do that. Like that's too intense for me. It's going to get me hurt. And they had all these reasons why they couldn't do it. And from the gym owner's perspective, the thing that I've noticed is that, and especially being someone who has a podcast to help other gym owners out there, is that a lot of people are resistant to help. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I actually stick with the podcast and I don't do a lot of consulting is because the podcast is for uh, is a way for me to say, hey, I feel like I have good things to say. Here it is for you guys. Take it or leave it. Whereas when it comes to consulting, Um, I can see how um, stubborn a lot of gym owners are about wanting to take advice from from another person. And it's funny to me how a lot of gym owners are afraid to lose this sense of community when a lot of them didn't really have it in the first place. A lot of them were not going going to lunches with the other five gym owners in their local towns and helping each other out. A lot of them were talking negatively about the CrossFit gym owner down the street. And so for me, I think there's a little bit of this emptiness that we, we feel initially when we lose the name. But 
I think if you can sit with that and realize that it wasn't, it was starting to lose its luster anyways over recent years, then you don't really need that, that next thing, you know? And I, I say that with a little bit of a grain of salt because no, knowing that CrossFit word was attached to other businesses has given me a chance to meet a lot of really cool people, right. have some of the great relationships that I have in my life. Um, you know, a lot of the podcast guests that I talk to and people I've met through seminars and conferences are because um, they were CrossFit gym owners or because I saw them wearing a pair of Nanos, you know, at an airport. And, and a lot of us identify with this word CrossFit. We are a CrossFitter. Like when people ask us what we do for fitness, we do CrossFit. It's, it's such an easy label and an identity to, to have. So there's some, there's certainly a, a good amount of sadness within me personally to, to lose a little bit of that. Um, but when I think about, again, where, where we were kind of six months ago with this thing and where it, it could be in the future, I think the ability to Google functional fitness or to be able to Google micro gym, there's these other term, terminologies coming out or even the word CrossFit. I think being able to look for people that are doing some, some version of functional fitness, have a micro gym, have group classes, have CrossFit, have a boot camp program. Those, those terms are still going to create enough of that sense of community for the ones that want it. Um, so I, I don't, I don't see there's a bad thing that people are trying to create this, this next thing. Um, I love what like Jason Khalifa is doing and active life is another one. That's, that's basically trying to create like either a licensing model or more of a franchise model for this. So I think some great things are going to come, come about from it. I just don't think we necessarily need that, that next term or identity um, to step into. Right. I agree with you. And when we first started, it was about the SEUs or SEOs, you know? Yep. Um, you, you were, people were supposed to, you were going to run these paid ads and they were going to find you this way. And at the end of the day, I think word of mouth still is the number one recruitment model that we have. And for fear of somebody not Googling rev fit versus them Googling and being like, Oh, they're associated with that. Like that, that concerns me at this point. Um, what about the, the training? Like, you know, that we've touched on both of us enjoyed the L2 and stuff like that. But what is that going to, is that going to leave us with an inability to train our coaches and to, to produce good coaches if we de-affiliate? Definitely not. Cause we could, we could still send our people to a level one or level two. So we still have that option. Um, but I think the thing that it, it forces us to do is to, to step into the parts of the methodology that we love and to be able to easily, uh, get rid of or avoid the stuff about the methodology we didn't love. Um, and, you know, I, I talked about on my podcast that a lot of our coaches go to the level two and the level two will spend like half of the second day on programming. And the way that they talk about programming is from a very high level perspective. And it's almost a programming in theory more so than it is programming in practice. They talk about, you know, you do a day where it's just handstand walking and you do a day where it's just running a 5k and 
Um, I don't know what your programming looks like at your gym, but for most of the, the successful gym owners that I, I know, they don't program that way. They're programming multiple parts in a day often, or they're programming enough variety in each day that a, a member feels like they're just getting their money's worth every time they show up. And it's not something they could just do on their own at home. And they, they, by separating ourselves enough from CrossFit allows us to, to really take ownership of that and to create our own method, methodology as it relates to programming instead of saying, hey, here, you go learn what CrossFit teaches about programming, and then we're going to unteach everything that we don't agree with um, that doesn't fall in line with how we teach it. We can just teach it from the ground up the way that we, we want to teach it. And that's what the, good, the good gym owners and head coaches are going to do moving forward, are going to have to do moving forward, is take more ownership of that side Um, But realistically, if you have good coaches at your gym, they've already been doing that because there's nothing you can do in a single weekend that's going to make you a great coach. So if you have good coaches and you like what your coaches are doing already in your facility, just know it's because they spend every day improving themselves. And 99% of that happens outside of that weekend certification. I agree. And I I think you just characterized our coaches to a T and probably the biggest criticism of my version of CrossFit from a programming standpoint. But one thing for me that I've struggled with, and it's kind of probably come from that, I refer to it as a Jekyll and Hyde of programming between are we getting the old man off the couch or are we producing games athletes depending on what day you're watching mm-hmm. the CrossFit social. And um, the, the term RX for me has become a sticking point. Mm. Um, I, I try to convey RX as we tested this workout and we know the stimulus we're looking for. We know our membership base and we think this is best recommendation to get you to that point versus I think RX has become, if I didn't do that, I did the inadequate version. I did the scaled version. I, I'm not an RX athlete and that flies against the definition of being rev fit um, in my opinion which is a, an evolving state of fitness along a journey and yeah. so the term the term rx we still use it and like our gym management software doesn't allow us anything but rx and scaled hmm. but even that in and of itself is something that is so attached to the crossfit brand that it's it doesn't jive with me and what i want our brand to be but haven't gotten past that in my head yet either so yeah so uh, i'll tell you share just how we've evolved with the rx i i fully agree with what you're saying um we switched our rx to three categories a few years back which is fitness performance and sport so rather than it being so essentially rx and scaled are the same they're just greater degree rx is a greater degree of scaled um, it's, it's an advanced level of scaled for us. We saw it as we've always kind of seen it as like, you have different goals in the gym. If you're more of a general fitness athlete, you're coming in to have a good sweat, get a little bit stronger. Strength does matter for a general fitness athlete. You still want to get stronger. Um, you still want to learn certain things, but overall you want this to feed the other 23 hours of your day. And as you get move up for us to like a performance athlete and then a sport athlete, what happens is that the you're risking certain things, risking parts of your other 23 hours of your day, your quality of life 
for performance or sport aspects, right? Um, it's, it's great to look at other sports. So I still play, I have played at, at various times in a rec soccer league, an adult soccer league. That is a sport. There's, there's plenty of people that go out there and get hurt. They break their ankle, they pull a hamstring. Um, you can get fitter going to play rec soccer, adult soccer, but you have to realize there's a certain amount of risk you're taking on for the reward of being able to compete, have fun and do that. And I think that all athletes have to take a step back and understand what, what amount of risk they want to take on for that reward. And I just think having things like RX and scaled adds confusion to that conversation because you're, you know, you're, you're wanting to stay true to the why of why you show up each day, but then you're also have this little carrot in front of you. That's like, yeah, but I'm close enough. I could probably do this RX because that's the goal of today. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually what we, what we did during COVID when we switched to two months of home workouts because people had limited weights, we stopped doing RX and scaled because most people didn't, even if they were strong enough, they didn't have the weights to pull it off because right. they had just a set of dumbbells or a barbell or whatever. So we just stopped doing it just so people wouldn't feel bad about it. And then what happened was people started choosing weights and workouts so much better that even now we've come back, we still have fitness performance and sport but we only apply it to gymnastics and other things. We don't even apply it to the weights. The weights are completely left up to the athlete. And the way we describe it is, is stimulus. The stimulus for today is we want you to choose a weight that you can do as single power cleans with a few seconds rest between reps. Mm -hmm. We want you to choose a weight that the set is, is it's calling for 20 back squats per round, but we want you to be able to do it in 10 and 10 for at least your first two rounds. So choose a weight that's going to be challenging for uh, breaking it into two sets for your first couple of rounds. Right. So, and what happens is people are way smarter about choosing weights that are appropriate to them. And then by doing that, they actually get stronger and better and fitter over time because they're choosing weights that are appropriate for them rather than checking the box. Um, ben Bergeron has a really good breakdown of this. He, he breaks it down as, practice training and competition um, and again if you think about other sports all other sports have times where you're just practicing they have times where you're training and they have times where you're competing so in football practice might look like you going off on your own and your wide receiver and you're running routes mm-hmm. you're just working on running routes you're not even catching a ball you're just working on running routes training might look like uh a, a scrimmage or you're working, you know, just 50% of the field, you're working with your quarterback and you're working with a defender and you're training that thing. Now catching the ball, running the route and then competing is you go to, you go to Sunday, it's during the season, one of your 16 games and you're competing. And what people forget is that you don't get better. You don't get better doing the 16 games every Sunday. That's not when you get better. That might be better when you get better as a team because you work on communication and stuff like that. But you as an individual actually get worse every Sunday because you get more beat up, you get more injured, you get more fatigued, and you, you kind of lose a little bit of a step throughout the season. Where you get better is when you're running the routes. Where you get better is when you're doing the, the drills with your teammates. That's when you get better. So if you're always chasing the RX, you're, sac- you're, you're sort of having your cake today, but you're sacrificing the future 
tomorrow. You're not going to be as good at tomorrow if you're constantly competing. So yeah, I would just encourage members to treat it in a way where they're still pushing themselves today, but they're doing with it with the mindset of, I want to recover and be better tomorrow. I want to recover and be better next week. I'm not just doing the best that I can do today and I'm ripping my hands and my form's going to crap and I'm getting sloppy with my technique because I'm doing weights that I shouldn't be. You need to move into motivational speaking. That was, that was pretty good. I like that a lot. All my old high school football right there played out. Um, all right. So to end, um, I, this has been phenomenal. I'm, I've loved it. So to end, I want to recap the takeaways that the three guests gave me on uh, the last podcast. And yep. so Matt Chan uh, so we, what we talked about in that last podcast to kind of summarize it was that our town and our gym and me personally, we kind of have the privilege of sitting back and watching and seeing what happens. Um, I, as a white male, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and we were talking more specifically about the racial statements because some of the other stuff hadn't even come out at that point. Yeah. But I don't think the context has changed too awful much. It's just maybe now you replace one victim with another I'm still in the same light of talking about Greg Glassman and the affiliation with CrossFit. So Matt said his advice to the members and to the listeners was that this methodology that we have adopted for so long has taught us how to be courageous and how to start and attack something, knowing that we have to work and evolve along the journey and that this is no different. It's just not a workout. I'm talking about being being courageous and speaking out and taking a stand. Mm-hmm. John from Make Was uh, Great Again said, "These our members, our listeners, um, are more apt to spend their money on a gym membership than they are for their cable, and that this is so important to all of us that we need to be proud of our gym and we need to be proud of our gym owners." And that, that was his call to the members and to the listeners was you need to make sure that you're a part of something that you are proud of and you need to work to make that place and those people something that you're proud of. Um, and then the last thing Toussaint said, all that evil needs to succeed is for good people to do nothing. And I mean, that's profound. And those all kind of fit real nicely together. And then uh, you jumped on here with me today and we we're talking about rebranding and de-affiliating um and so putting you kind of on the spot as if you haven't given enough wisdom already i'm i'm curious if you have any takeaway advice to our listeners regarding all that's going on and specifically to our little town our little gym and our little platform here and maybe what we could do moving forward yeah, you might uh, you might open up a whole nother podcast here. I actually have like a, a forty minute podcast that I recorded that I just have not released yet because it's just I, it's like I'm I'm just telling myself it has to be perfect. But um, it's a lot. It's about you know what's going on with uh, the racism in 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 the country and um, what we can do moving forward because it's been a really I hate to say the word tough because it's, it's not this, it's not the tough that other people are going through that I'm going through right now, but it's been um, sort of a confusing few weeks because I want to help, but I don't know what to do. And I, I, I do believe that racism is a, a real issue. Um, 
and I want to, I want to be a part of the change in that. So the first thing I want to tell people is that, um, race equality and fighting for that is an infinite game. Um, and, and what I mean by that is infinite games are things that don't have an end in sight. Okay. Your marriage, if you're married should be an infinite game, right? You can't be a good husband for two years of your marriage and then coast on those two great years and, and be an asshole for the remaining part of your marriage and expect it to succeed. Right. The goal of the goal of a great marriage is to um, to keep it going and to always uh, add value to that marriage for eternity, you know, as long as you guys are together. And I don't I mean, I don't want to be uh, defeatist about the issue issue of racism, but this is a systemic issue that needs a systemic fix. And it needs it needs us to treat it like an infinite game that there's always going to be things that we have to deal with in the future regarding race because of our history and because color is color of skin is something that's not going to go away and we don't want it to go away. So there's always going to be aspects of, of racism that will exist. Hopefully the degree of that comes down over time. But I say that because I don't want people to ignore the issues as they, as if they don't exist but I also don't want them to feel like, feel so overwhelmed by what's going on that they do nothing, right? If you have a hundred pounds to lose, you have to start taking some steps in the right direction, right? You have to start figuring out how you can lose one pound. Don't worry about losing all hundred. Let's just figure out how we can lose one pound in a sustainable and enjoyable way. So I'd encourage people in your community to get started is how can I start to chip away at this idea of racism in a sustainable and enjoyable way. How can I do it from a place of love rather than guilt? And I think that the way most of us can do it is to figure out where in our local communities we can have an impact, okay? And that could be locally via voting. Um, I think a lot of people are focused on sort of the big voting, which is the presidential side. And I would just encourage people to look at the voting on the small scale side of, of who can you put in office or what, what little laws can you vote for from this new mindset of equality and abundance for everyone, rather than just how does it apply to me? And then the other things that we can do locally, um, we, we reach out to a bunch of organizations. So there's after school programs. We have a place in Jupiter called the Tutorial Center, and it's mostly for, for Black and, um, and Hispanic kids as well. There's some white kids as well, but it's mostly um, Black kids there that during the school year, it's an after school program where they do, they read books, and they get their homework done. And during the summer, it looks more like a camp where they're doing swimming lessons and things like that. And donating time there, donating money there can be a big step in the right direction. Because the, the, as I dug further into this, one of the biggest issues that I'm finding is that a lot of, a lot of um, minority kids and black kids right now don't have a two-parent home. And a lot of them are missing that father figure in their home. And one of our employees actually used to work for the city of West Palm Beach. And she worked um, with about 400 kids, mostly black. Two of the 400 kids had registered dads on file. Mm. Only two, two of 400. And, you know, I don't, again, I can't, 
necessarily we, we live kind of in a little bit of a, a bubble in Jupiter and I'm not like I've always treated people what I feel is really well and 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 uh you know fairly but when I see that that to me is okay this is something that needs our attention this is something that needs our help I can't necessarily understand everything that's going on nationally or globally but I can understand that this is an issue that needs our help um, so we're just going to start to have an impact on those things, um, through money, through time, maybe building houses, maybe helping with food. Um, and the other way I think about it too, is what, what do you have at your disposal? That is a unique resource to you, right? Whether we're trying to start a business, lose weight, it helps to use things that's already work well for us rather than trying to battle our flaws along the way. So for some of us, we have resources where we have connections in local government. For others, we have connections to restaurants and other food organizations. For some people, they are a fitness coach or they have uh, an influence to be able to help kids um, play sports and learn fitness and learn values through fitness and those things. So I would just take a step back, look what unique things you bring to the table, look what unique opportunities are in your local community, start having conversations with people that you wouldn't normally have conversations about this stuff and play the infinite game, play for the long term, and don't beat yourself up if you go a week or two without addressing this stuff, but don't go months without addressing it either, right? Because just like our health, just like our marriages, just like parenting, um, if we neglect it for years at a time, then we kind of end up where we are today um, with some of this stuff. So um, let's start moving in the right direction. And, and my call to action for, for the gym owners that I talk to is if we all do something on a local level to move the needle, then on a nationwide level, this becomes a really big thing. So um, I'm kind of trusting, I'm going to do my part, trusting that other people around the country are going to do their part. I agree. And I, I think one more thing to your point, you talked about getting two years in, in the marriage is remembering it from a treatment of women perspective too. You know, we're two years into the marriage and women have more rights and more of a voice. And I think it's easy to just kind of lay down on that and think that things are equal now. And yeah. it's clear that that's, that's not the case. Now we might have a lot more of a female presence, especially in CrossFit. It gave women a, a chance to own more businesses, to lead more businesses but just with everything that you're saying from a race standpoint, um, we have to apply it as well to equality uh, for women. And I think walking out both of them is very important. And it's very important for our little male driven white town to to yeah. take some responsibility, some ownership for that. But I like the insight to not not let it overwhelm us and burn us out before and to not be part of the, the fight anymore either. So, yeah, the, the last thing I'll leave your your audience with, too, is that part of the infinite game is treating it always treating it with a beginner's mind. And, and even as you get, I think a lot of us feel like beginners in this area right now, but even as you start to read more articles and do more research, always recognizing that you're still a beginner. I've been, I've been studying nutrition and fitness for pretty much 20 years of my life. And I still learn new things every single day, um, especially about my own body and applying mm -hmm. stuff to my own body. So a big part of this, whether that be racial injustice or, 
you know, female inequality or sexism is realizing that you don't know it all. And if you ever get to the point where you're talking like you know it all, then there's a good chance that there's stuff that you're missing and you're being closed-minded about stuff. So um, that that mindset, if people can can hang on to that as they move forward, it will give them a lot of um, grace and empathy with themselves and it will give them a lot of grace and empathy with others, which I think is one of the most important things that we need right now. To our listeners out there, I heard a quote this past week and it was something to the effect of, are you CrossFit or are you the coach of an organization that significantly impacts people's long-term health? Mm. And the, the quote went on to say, just being one does not automatically make you the other, but there's the possibility to be both. And if you didn't trust me beforehand about how amazing Andrew's insight is, um, and the need to follow his podcast. I hope now after listening to him, you will, because Andrew, this has been phenomenal. And I really appreciate you taking the time to answer these questions and give your insight into the topics that are impacting us here in Boone. Yeah, I appreciate your time as well, Derek. And, and anybody who actually made it to the end of this thing, I appreciate your time <laughs> as well. Um, because yeah, I mean, it, like you guys, you guys paying attention to, a discussion like this, a conversation is a good step in the right direction, right? A lot of the stuff that we see that just hits us fast in social media is just meant to kind of sway us one way or the other. And I think the more that we can invest in more long form conversations and discussions, it's, it's beneficial for everybody. So I appreciate you guys for, for listening and taking the time as well. I couldn't agree more. Andrew, thank you, and you guys uh, stay safe and not so hot down there. And <laughs> if you ever find yourself up in Boone, you know where to drop in. All right, sounds good. I'll do that. Thanks, sir. All right, thank you. There you have it. We're going to keep doing things the Rev 5 way, moving forward with integrity, moving forward hoping to be part of the change, moving forward protecting our culture, and moving forward fighting for those who have spent far too long fighting for themselves. Thank you for being a part of it, and let's keep walking.